0: You're listening to the Family Life New Zealand podcast. Uh, I'm Vayner Jacobs, your host, and I am so excited about today's discussion. Because on the line with me, I have father of five, uh, Fergus Turnbull. He's a husband to Amy. He's a good friend of mine, and he's just recently published his book, Be the Man. No, sorry, scratch that. Not Be the Man, Be the Dad. And I am so excited to be talking to Fergus today. Uh, It's 9 p.m. Both of us had full days. Ferg works full time. He carved out this book in his um, spare time as he was living life, being the dad, providing for his family, uh, but sharpening the saw. And that's some of the things we want to touch on in today's episode. And here we are, 9 p.m. at night. He had a full day. I had a full day. We're carving out this time and we're recording this episode because today we want to talk to the dad out there who's simply dad tired, but loving it. And yes, that does sound like a title of a book because it is a title of a book, but not the book that we're talking about today. Ferg, welcome to the, welcome to the discussion. So great to have you here.
1: And it's so great to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Look, I've been looking forward for this for a while. So thank you for squeezing it in. I know there's um, heaps going on in life and work for you at this moment. um, But, Just for our listeners, um, to get us started, tell me why did you make the time to get on a call with me at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night? What drives you to do this work?
1: Look, that's a great question. I suppose what drives me to do it is that when you pour your heart into something like a book uh, or any kind of project where you wanna help some people out, you take these opportunities because you hope that there's gonna be some fun in the conversation, but you also hope there's gonna be a nugget and either a dad who's listening or a mom who's listening is going to take away from and it. it's actually going to help them in their parenting and I think that's why we do it
0: yeah that's amazing and look that's fine we all want we all want to help people but it takes a it takes a special um a special kind of you know drive to to pull something off like this um I've written a book myself um it's not fun <laughs> it's not fun writing a book it's fun thinking the idea of writing a book and then getting it out there and then um working through it. And then, you know, the last sort of 40% of, you know, hitting publish on that book is just it's just um grueling. Uh, but yeah. it's so worth it. And you know, if you don't have a strong why as in, you know, something that drives you, um, you just you just simply won't do it. And, you know, I, I really appreciate this. I, I appreciated um as a creator, as I read through your book, I appreciated the attention to detail. And um, you've 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 drew you've um you've written this, but you've also illustrated this. Tell me a bit about that that talent before we jump into some of the, I guess, tips for dads.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, look, I've been drawing ever since I'm, I was a very little boy, and I actually love drawing. And when I draw, it takes me away to a happy place. And that's probably one of the keys that you'll find in the book is when you're doing something you love, it kind of gives you a bit of a timeout, gives you a bit of a pause, and and also re re energizes you.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things, as I read that, um, I can't remember which, which chapter that was, but it almost felt like, you know, you were calling me up, you know, to to be the dad, to, you know, um, I guess uh, be the, let's call it the best version of myself in the home yep. for my family, for yep. my kids, for my wife. But at the same time, you're sort of, you're giving me permission to to do those things, to find those things that actually, you know, fill my bucket as well. And it's like, you know, you get a lot of people today giving advice oh, you should really take care of yourself first. And that's not always great advice because, you know, I, when I think about a dad, I often think about, you know, someone who gives of himself, you know, Mm. to protect and provide for his family and sure you do need to take care of yourself, um but i think we've 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 our culture has become so strongly inclined towards looking after ourselves first that um you know the the pride and the selfishness can easily yeah. um settle in you know but this is both it's actually calling us to service but it's yeah. also you know doing it in a healthy way um so i love that you've done that and another thing that i that i love now this is for our listeners who, who cannot actually you know see the book you know yes there's great colorful illustrations in there and you can actually look at the illustrations and each of them actually have some type of message so if you're not a big reader you can just flip through the book and see those and then you've got like bullet points throughout the books you've got you you got um yeah just like 10 keys here and uh you know you know written you know just a, a snippet there so what i love about the book is like if you're if you're not that into reading, you don't have a lot of time, you could literally like literally like open a page, open somewhere in the book and get something out of it. You know, a gold exactly nugget. Right. Tell me a yeah. bit about your thinking around how you how you put this all together.
1: Yeah. Well, we were uh, my wife and I, we always wanted to be, we always wanted to be parents of I'm um, from a family of five. My wife is from a family of six. We thought, hey, how great. Let's have a big family and so we had our first child and i think our first child was just over one where i was saying to her come on come over here come on come over here and my wife's dad he's a he's a really smart parent he's a very kind of discerning guy and he goes how many times would you like to ask her before she comes and i thought about it and i thought just once and so i went over and got down in a level and said hey i'd, I'd love you to come over here with me and she did And that made me realize how much time I would save throughout my life and that there were possibly a whole lot of things that I didn't know that were, you know, with wiser, older people and contained in books that could really help me. So we just started getting more and more information. My wife's a fantastic reader. I'd be drifting off to sleep at night. She'd read me, you know, some parenting passages, which might actually send me off to sleep faster. But, you know, I'm sure that subconsciously it went in, like baby Beethoven music for little kids. Yeah, you know, you my wife is probably like creating a genius parent. I don't know. Were you <laughs> that bad, have... Ferg? Were you that, uh-huh. that bad? <laughs> well, I think I thought I was going to be awesome. and I, And I think that that's actually good. Like, I think a dad actually wants to have that confidence that, yeah, I can do this. You know, we think we can do it. And then you get there and you realize maybe you don't know as much as what uh, you thought you did. And so the more we learned, we ended up uh, leading a parenting course at our church and somebody said, oh, hey, you should you should write these down, Ferg. So that's when I started blogging them. And I thought, oh, you know, I've probably got three or four chapters or blog, blog posts. And man, it extended out to 20 and I was writing them and I put them in a blog form and they were being re- really well received. I put some of them into a podcast and local dads were engaging with it. And then my mother-in-law said, hey, you should make this into a book. And I'm like, fool, no way. I was, it was a big enough deal getting up early in the morning to punch out the blog post. Uh, I think I'm good. She said, no, you definitely need to, to make this into a book. And I just received a testimonial from somehow through a friend that had gotten into the Australian Army. And this guy sent me back a, a testimony in the book and said, look, it saved his marriage. And. He's looking forward to having his fourth child. That wouldn't have happened, and and so that kind of just got me. And I'm like, man, okay, I'm going to make it into a book. And and so my my mother-in-law, she edited it. It got, uh, you know, it was finished. And and she said to me, she was a really lovely woman, but she looked at me uh, with this intense look one day, and she said, "You've got to get this in front of dads. They really need this." And she actually oh, passed yeah. away suddenly soon after. And and that was one of the last things she said to me. So this very serious moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to make it into a book. And and the reason why it's full of pictures, and the reason why you could just read a little bit and get something out of it, I thought, who's the dad who would never read a parenting book? Because that's yeah. who I want to write it for. Because, you know, the guy who's going to read a parenting book, he's, he's probably got some info, but I want the guy who's never going to read it. And so that's why I wrote it for that even if he just looked at a picture and read the caption, he'd get something out of it. And the, the litmus test for this was I was down at the tennis club with my daughter, and one of the dads was there. And he's a he's a contractor who does a lot of outdoor work, just the kind of guy who who I had kind of envisioned that I would write this for. And he he said, oh, you know, I never read books. And I said, well, hey, I've actually written a book about parenting. Would you like to have a look? And he started thumbing through the sample. And he was summing through it for so long. He actually looked through it for half an hour. I walked away. It was awkward. Yeah. And when I came back over, he said, it's look. Like, can I have my book I, back? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you I thought it. I might never get it back. Yeah. I thought it might just be limited to one copy. And uh, and so he's he's reading it. And he said, I think this is going to really help some dads. And so that made me feel really good that the pictures and the bullet points would help the dads. So that's kind of like the, the origin story of the book.
0: Yeah, uh, look, there's too many people today that that put books out into the world. That yeah, sure, they've they've written it well, they've done work, um, mm. you know. But what you've done here, in, in my opinion, is 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 more than that. It's a it's a work of art. It's a it's a passion work. It's mm. um it's the it's the summary. It's the learning. It's the the stories. It's it's all of that together. You know? It's not a boring book. And that's what I love about it. Now, tell me a bit, you know, for these, you know, for the, for the dads thinking, oh, yeah, just another book or another resource. I don't have the time for that. I, I get it. I get it. And um, it's broken up into like a few areas. It's family life, marriage life, personal life. Yeah. And then I just want to read out some of the, some of the titles here. And then, and then maybe Ferg, I'd like for you to pick your favorite one and you know share with with the dads listening uh and for the moms listening as well you know listen to the listen to this and uh you can encourage your husband you can encourage that dad in your life um you know with these words you know you might encourage them by by gifting them this book uh, or you could actually just pass on that encouragement i love that story ferg how amy was actually reading uh, these, you know, parenting resources, uh, you know, for you as you guys are going to bed, but I didn't know you were that bad, buddy, <laughs> but Hey, look, um, I, I needed, I needed a book so badly for my marriage. You know, I started researching what all marriage, uh, professionals said, and I started writing it, you know, cause, um, I needed it. <laughs> and let me just tell you uh, a bit of a side note. There were nights in our, you know, early years of marriage and, and not that we're perfect now by any stretch of the imagination uh but there were nights you know where i would actually go to that book and read what i wrote and i really needed to hear that (laughs) you know because sometimes we do that you know do you do the work you do the research um because you wanted to help somebody and you know sometimes that somebody is you so i'm going to read a few of these and then i actually want to want you to um you know share one of your favorite ones sure um Uh, But I love this, you know, the one says, uh, be the famous in your family, dad. I love that. Mm. Uh, Be the has a dream, dad. Be the spends time, dad. Time equals love. Be the tell them you love them, dad. Be the positive touch, dad. Be the life coach, dad, being your children's coach. Uh, Be the leaves an amazing legacy, dad. Be the healthy device used, dad. That was a good chapter. Um, very well researched, I think in my opinion, great job there, uh, be the present in the moment dad. Okay. These are just a few. I mean, that's just a few chapters right there. Um, I'm going to pick one and then I want you to pick another one, but tell me about this, be the famous in your own home dad. Tell me about this concept.
1: Yeah. The, the concept behind it. And that's probably where, where it all started for me. You know, that was the first thing that I wrote about and, you know personally for me i had i'd actually tried to to make it onto tv onto a tv program i got as a presenter down to the final 3 it was on the kids tv program what now and i i really wanted to to do that to you know be encouraging to new zealand to kids that type of thing anyway i didn't get it and but what it kind of captured on the inside of me was there is a part of us that wants to be significant there is a part of us that wants to do something really special and in the middle of this we're living in this very media rich environment where we're seeing lots of you know famous people. We're seeing people who do fantastic things on the sports field. All these different kind of things and we think man that must be what true significance in our life looks like is to do those things mm-hmm. and but, yeah, you know, I would listen to a lot of kind of sports commentary, not commentary, but interviews and that type of thing, or or with some of these people that had succeeded at a high level. And true, you go high, but they all spoke that the most significant thing in their lives were their children. And that was kind of like the great leveler across all these dads. And I yeah, thought, yeah. well, wow, you know, I think the most significant thing we can do in our lives, if we really want to touch the world, uh, is to actually just be the best dad because if you're famous in front of people they don't know who you are you know your your image is curated and they go wow that's amazing but they don't really know you you could be a terrible person but just doing something really well uh but if you're a dad your people they know you mm. like your wife knows you and and your kids they know you and so one of There's the no hardest hiding. things you could do at life There is no hiding. Well, maybe you hide in the toilet a couple of minutes every day. Um, But, you know, there's these these people that look at you. And so if we could be famous to a set of people, wouldn't the people that you would really want to impress be those people? Because other people that mean the most to you, the other people that surround you in your deathbed when you're dying. And so I thought, man, rather than trying to be important out there, why don't I try and be important in here? And that really helped me. You know, that thought, be famous in my family. I drew that picture for myself. I didn't draw it for a book. I had it on my computer. I have it on my computer desktop background and it comes up and the picture is of a man walking into the house and the kids are stoked to see him and there's someone's doing selfie and the wife's blowing him a kiss like the red carpet and like fans. And I thought that I think is that if a guy can grasp that as the most important thing he can do, he will have a happy life.
0: That's, inc- that's amazing. I like, we can just stop right there. That's <laughs> there's heaps more and we'll keep going. But I feel like if we just land that thing, like listeners, uh, if our listeners can just hear that message, it's like, be the dad, be famous in your own home. Yeah. Um, so often I think we, you know, as men, we, we want to work out there, you know, like you say, gain significance, yes. um, have our aspirations, our mm-hmm. goals, and And often we we achieve those goals at the cost of sacrificing our family, yeah, um it doesn't necessarily have to be either or because what I've found is um choosing family, yeah maybe not in the short term, but in the longer term always leads to greater success um and there's heaps of research that that talk about that as well
1: yeah and can i just can I just say one thing with that if you're a dad and you're listening and you think you know, it's too far gone for me. I can't impress them. I've let them down or whatever. Well, to impress your children is not as hard as what you think. Depending on the age, if you go and jump on the trampoline with them, or if you go and do something with them that they're interested in, or you take an interest in them, or you say, wow, that picture is really great. Or, you know, you the the smallest things can make the biggest differences with your kids. And you might feel like your wife doesn't think much of you, but find out what her love languages are and just start doing those things. And, and you know, there is no lost cause here in terms of someone who thinks, no, I'm too far gone. I can't be famous to my family.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I so resonate with what you what you say there. It probably hits a bit too close to home. Um, you know, because, you know, in the line of work that I do, sure, we champion families and marriages. Um, but I also head up this organization, you know, that I get the privilege to be a part of mm. and and there's a lot of stress associated with that and um there's a lot of demands and you know people require things and you know the world out there will require things from you and sometimes your family suffers and and my family has suffered um luckily I'm in a grateful you know I'm, I'm grateful for for my wife that would you know she would tell me hey this isn't working or this uh, you mm. need to change things and you know, I've been in that space where I've, I've, I haven't felt like my family receives me in that way, you know, um, but then turning that around, like you say, isn't that difficult. No. It's just focusing on a very few small things that show them they're the priority, yeah. you know, show, speak do things uh, it's not that complicated but the enemy would have us believe it is yeah um you know and the, the the difficulty the challenge that you have especially in what i do if if we sort of champion marriages and family boy <laughs> there's a real enemy that 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 wants us to fail at what we do so we fall into the silliest traps you know in, in our own marriage and in the way we 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 do life um, but it's the biggest lie saying hey I've messed up so bad, I cannot recover from this. Because if we just recognize, hey, I've messed up, uh, it's that posture of repentance. That's, that's been the biggest thing for me It's that posture of repentance. Like, doesn't matter if I haven't done it well to this point, it's never too late to start doing the right thing. Go get on that trampoline. I love that. That's such a good illustration, for.
1: That's exactly right. And, you know, I think you've just got to resist comparison. Because what you'll do is you'll look at other dads and you'll say, oh, they're doing that so well, or or I couldn't do that. And and you know, nobody ever said compare yourself to other dads. I know that it's just the way that we're internally wired is to look around and to assess and that type of thing. But you can you can just go, well, I'm gonna be the best I can be. And, you know, the biggest lie is that there is a perfect dad. There is no such thing. There is no perfect human being. There is no perfect human being. Everybody messes up. You just don't see it but you see your own, you see your own stuff. And honestly being thankful is one of the things that turns you around, takes the downward spiral into an upward spiral. When you start going, man, I'm thankful that I'm here, that I'm alive, that I've got these kids that I've got this wife, you know, that, that, that I am here as a dad, that I get to be a dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good for now. Time for your your favorite chapter. I know. I mean, it's probably hard to pick, but but what's one of your favorite tips or things that you wrote
1: about? Yeah, look, I think I think this book is kind of broken down into ethos, which is belief, and then practical tips. And so the chapters hit an ethos, uh, and then they back it up with some tips. And so some of my favorite chapters are you are on the same team. And the the drawing I did for that is a beard looking down from above and there's a husband and wife and they're both off to the side and there's this big gulf down the middle and in this gulf that you know we've all been there going to sleep unhappy it says uh you are on the same team or on the same team and that's one of my favorites because i think that you know you talk about the enemy getting in there and trying to mess up the way that you view things that that you are against each other is probably one of the biggest things that can do that. And so I will say you are on the same team and I'll say it to myself, we are on the same team. And my, yeah. my wife will say it to me, we are on the same team. And when you think that you're heading in the same direction, not against each other and you're using the best teams, have someone good at this and someone good at that, you know, two different things and working together. So that's one of my favorites. Later on in the book, I really love be the enjoy your life dad. Because I think we can be kind of the guys on the Titanic. You know, I watched that movie with my daughters not that long ago. There was a bit of fast forwarding in some of the the parts in the the cargo hold. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, that's the good part of being a dad. You know, you're making sure that, you know, you're protecting kids. Anyway, there are the dads on the Titanic. They're just going to go down with the ship. They're going to make sure that everybody's okay. But they're not okay and it's really important not just to be that martyr dad who's just doing it all but also going man what what brings me alive and there's that movie and i talk about it in the book you me and dupree and uh they talk about having your ness and so my wife she would say to me where's your fur ness and ness is just your essence what is that thing that brings you alive? and for me it's a whole lot of really silly things i love doing silly dancing in the kitchen and doing stupid things to make my kids laugh. And I love rumbling the kids. You know, we call them cuddle rumbles so that they, aren't, so they don't, you know, inadvertently try and knee me or punch me or anything like that. You know, I know that we're having a Although cuddle rumble. It will rumble. still happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know it will happen. But the thing the thing that happens when you do that and you start laughing and you start enjoying your life, then suddenly you've got that twinkle in your eye back. You've got that laugh. You're a little bit quicker in your step. And that's actually one of the things that brings your family alive when you're alive. And, you know, they might hate, they might be like, oh, dad's jokes or whatever. But if you enjoy them, just do them because it brings you alive and it puts a smile on your face. And that's why, you know, drawing is one of those things for me. And, you know, it's important to do these things that bring us alive because you will be so much better to bear on. Your wife will notice. Like, I think we think, that our wife wants us to do this, 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 and this, and she might have an acts of service love language and that might be true. But what she really wants is she wants the man who is happy to be the dad in the family, the husband in the family, and he's happy to be alive because some of those other things might not get done, but you can be rest assured. The house is going to be a better place because you're setting the tone. Yeah. That's so good. That's so
0: good. Um, I'm gonna go one step back to the, your first comment there about the the enemy, the be on the same team thing. Yeah, that's one of the things I love, and probably one of our most memorable things that the weekend to remember when we get couples to actually face one another and say, um, "I am not," you are not my enemy. We literally, we literally get them to say that to one another: "You are not my enemy," and and I've often, you know, that on the same team, you are not my enemy. Sure, there's an enemy that would like for us to be fighting, you know, be bickering in our relationship. Um, and, but we so often think that enemy is, um, the face of our spouse, you know, a significant other, or even my, my kids in some, in some essence. Um, yeah, that's, that's really good. So tell me about failure. (laughs) So I haven't prepared you for this one, Ferg, but I think, i always i always say my biggest relationship mess ups make for my best radio content <laughs> and isn't that true because it's like w- we're all on a journey we're all learning we're not doing the work that we're doing because we're perfect we're doing it because we believe there's a better way to be mm. and we believe mm. that you know maybe other people can learn from the things we're learning and so we share those and so the way that we're able to actually share how we failed and what we learned about it i think that's part of the essence of being a man yeah. it's like braving the world and failing yeah um you know it's not about having everything perfect and you know because if you just have everything perfect it just means you're not trying anything new right you're just doing everything that you think you can do and i mean what kind of a life is that anyway so biggest failure <laughs> that you're happy to talk about
1: i think you would have well my biggest failure i i think first of all the concept of failure is is something that we probably understand better than ever before but i like dude perfect you know dude perfect where they get the amazing trick shots where you see it and dude perfect is, is all their greatest moments coming together but to get that that ball on the hoop from across a football pe- you know field or from the roof of a building they had to drop a hundred balls that all missed before they got on the hoop. We just see the yeah. celebration moment, and I heard you don't somebody, see the hundred. No, we don't see the hundred. And and I heard the saying the other day that says, "All you've got to do is succeed once, and they'll forget your seven other failures. They'll remember the thing that you succeeded at, unless of course the failure was absolutely catastrophic. But let's let's forget that and move on. So I think the idea is that as long as you're hitting for the right goal. And the goal with Dude Perfect is to get in the hoop. As long as you're heading towards, hey, I want to be the best dad I can. I want to be the best husband I can. I want to be the best man I can. Then you just keep moving through the failure. And John Maxwell's book says, fail forward, keep moving in the right direction. So look, my biggest failure, I kind of don't dwell on big failures. I, I probably... Go through the day and just view any failure that I have, and of course I have heaps of them. Like I used to, I used to just come out with my wife called them sweeping reforms, uh, and Sweet. something would something would happen in the house, and I'd go right <laughs> sweeping reform with sweeping hand. Right, we are no longer going to, going to do this, and it might be a child who's who's misbehaving. You know, the the older two definitely uh, were you know test subjects a little bit more than the younger ones. I go right send them to bed you're off to bed without tea and my wife would say but it's four o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) and and you know like not in front of the charge you go hey um it's four o'clock in the afternoon and if you send them to bed now they're not going to go to sleep and they're probably going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning so we will probably and i you know we're probably going to suffer and i'm like okay right readjust and take sweeping reform back i'm sorry everybody that was uh not the right decision i'm just gonna have a little bit of a think take a moment right now though it's all those tiny little things that you do and i think i think the biggest failure can be having the wrong perception about something and you know like that team thing with with your wife like i think it, it, the failures that hurt us the most is that when we've got deep-seated beliefs about ourselves that we don't enable to come out and be dealt with. And because that's actually attached to who you are and and that kind of um, can lead to more failure. And so, but those things, you just want want them revealed. And I think that's where, uh, you know, my faith is very important to me where I'll prayerfully consider things that have gone on, you know, like might've stuffed up the day before, get up the next morning, I'm fresh, I've had a sleep, I'm going for a walk, I'm outside. And I'm just praying. I'm like, God, how can I do a better job today? And so I can't think of a real big one, but I think just moving forward.
0: I love that you know, moving forward because I mean, in essence, what you've shared was how you're constantly embracing failures and you're readjusting and you're you're tweaking. Um, tweaking. I think I I think as a as a you know as a guy, and this may be stereotypical, that's fine. Um, I think egos. pretty um, big thing, yeah. you know, for men to um, to be aware of, and to also make sure that that doesn't get the best of you or actually bring out the worst of you mm.
1: uh,
0: to your family, you know, and our, our egos are interesting things. So I think, you know, failure often helps keep the ego in check for one. It helps us stay humble. Yeah, And that's why I wholeheartedly believe we need failures we need them and we need to be vocal about our failures, you know, to ourselves, to God, to our spouse and our children. And, you know, if, if that's a space where you, where you, where you sharing or when you speak to others about it, exactly. because I've often found, you know, when I speak about the areas where I've messed up, there's a liberation. I don't need to protect that. I don't need to protect, you know, my ego or I'm, I'm not that great. Yeah. And that's actually very liberating. Yeah. It takes the pressure off, you know. Sure, you want to be a great dad. Sure, you want to be, but actually, you're not that great. Uh, mm-hmm. You need, you need Jesus. Is what I've often said, you know, I, I mess up, and I tell my wife, I'm sorry, I messed up. I need Jesus, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it a little lighthearted now, but that's a serious confession right there. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's not. I don't say it, you know, flippantly um it's it's actually that realization like our failures if we can view them as is a reason i failed there there's a few reasons one i tried something outside of my comfort zone but i may have also tried something in my own strength yeah and it's 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 what you want to be in my opinion as a dad is yes you want to be strong you want to do the things that's required of you. You want to be there for your family, but you want to be humble. and You want to be meek. Yeah. There's a great book um, that we have in our resource center called Tender Warrior. It was written by a Navy SEAL, you know, but he, he talks about, sure, you want to be able to be a warrior and be tough as nails, but then there's a tender side as well to a man. And it's like getting
1: that. You know, getting the 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 balance uh, right as well. And I like it that it was written by a Navy Seal. Yeah. Uh, because when at first when you said tender warrior, I thought if someone who works at like a chicken takeaways has written this, it's just going to have a whole different like not that type of tender. Yeah, you know, chicken <laughs> tender tender warrior. But you know, a tender warrior that that's so good. One one thing that has just been the best for me is I've got a group of four other dads that we, we, we meet over zoom or, you know, messenger or whatever the app is that we use video app every Thursday morning. We have it. We talk for an hour and we just talk about what's going on in our lives. And then, you know, we have prayer time at the end of it and it takes time for people to kind of let their walls down and that type of thing. But often when you talk about a failure or, or messing up what you hear is, Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I did that yesterday. And, and you go, Oh, this feels so good. I'm not alone. This is just the journey. And, and it's actually a chapter. Enjoy the journey. This is a journey. It's not a destination. You know, you're you're on a van ride where people are going to spew and you know hit each other and you know have great times and have laughs. And it all happens on the journey. But um journeying with people is super handy. Yeah. You know, not just your family, like other other men, you know, and and it's great to find those guys. They're gonna be. You know, at your church or your rugby club, or they might be at work. But you know, it's great to have that kind of, you know, band of tender warriors.
0: So, so talk to the dad out there who maybe doesn't have that group of um, men. You know that yeah. where they can grow together and and share that. How do you, how do you go about finding that or even initiating that?
1: Yeah, look, I think what you do is you try and find a place where there are dads that are doing their best are trying to do their best that you can relate to and and that are, that are actually wanting to become a better dad and when you find those dads and they they exist in places like football clubs are great any kind of clubs are great churches are a great place for it anywhere where you find dads but you want to make sure that you're going to spend time with dads that uh, are on that path to be to be their best Uh, as opposed to just wallowing in desperation (laughs) that they're they're not doing well. Those guys probably won't want to have an early morning chat anyway. But, you know, you want to find those guys. And then I think you've just got to be, you know, bold enough to ask, hey, are there there any kind of dad hangouts? I would love some other dads to talk about. Is there anyone who just wants to talk dad stuff with me? Uh, You could even call on some research and uh, go, hey, uh, there's research out there that says that when men talk to each other, it's really healthy. So that would be that would be my recommendation
0: yeah that's so good uh i have a mate who i gave this book to and um i saw him a week later and the first thing he said to me is like before we had our discussion about why we met which was unrelated he said i just first have to make a you know a humble brag he said you know he was actually reading this book and his son came to him his son is seven he's like, what dad? Why are you reading that book? You're a great dad. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's just, that's the type of stuff that, you know, really makes you, as a dad, that's the type of stuff that you want to hear from your family. You're right.
1: Uh, can I just tell you? Can I just tell you a, a funny story on that? I had um my four year old, I was putting him to bed. He wanted to dunk the basketball one more time in his room. He's got a little basketball hoop. I said, you know, that's enough. You've just got to go to bed. You've dunked it so many times. I was wearing my Be the Dad hat. And he said, you're not being the dad. <laughs> he just absolutely smoked me with it. Uh, so yeah, that, I'm glad to hear that his dad, that his child said that to him, that is amazing. Yeah, and and that's the thing,
0: right? It's, um, uh, I used to, so my background was in teaching, you know, I, I used to teach um, fourth grade math and um, that was a challenging journey for me, just to, to be honest, you know, growing and, yeah. and learning how to be a good teacher but I would never forget these words about, um, someone was giving advice around teaching and they talked about, you can always tell who the good teachers are. They're the ones who have a lot of shining eyes around them.
1: Oh, that's lovely. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and that really hit with me. It's like, uh, am I living, am I teaching or, you know, if I'm teaching or, you know, in my home, wherever I am, can I be accused of always having shining eyes around me? Um, so I don't think I'm there, <laughs> although I'm often reminded what would I do to have shining eyes around me? And, um, be the dad is a great book that if definitely lit up a few eyes around me because it, it challenges, it, it challenges. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think you've done an exceptional job. One thing I want to also mention is like, cause I'm a researcher. So I've read, as I, as I read some of this, these things you covered, um, it struck me how concisely you covered some of these topics and I'm like, and these are loaded. Like you've, you've, you've touched on cutting edge research, but you've just delivered it like in a easy to digest, uh, paragraph. Um, so yeah, you've done well there, but do you want to maybe speak, speak to that
1: somewhat? Yeah, look, the goal was to get the dad who would never read a parenting book to read it. And, you know, there are great books out there and you might need to read a 20-minute, or 20-page chapter to be able to get the point out of it. I wanted to just distill it down so that if the dad opened the book and read one line, two lines within a paragraph, that they would have enough to think about the thing and go away and go, Okay. And I love it that Einstein said if you can explain it to a child, you understand it well enough, the concept. And so not that I was writing this for children, but I was thinking I want every sentence that I put in this to be able to if that's if they only read one sentence, and this is the sentence, you know, the one that I was working on, I want them to read it and go, Oh yeah, and, and go away and do it. Because I don't believe that parenting is supposed to be hard. I do believe that it is supposed to be intuitive. I think that we're living in an age of competitive everything or professional everything. And I think there are so many books on parenting that it's easy to go, I need to know so much. I don't believe you need to know so much. You know, you just spoke about a shining eye moment. If you're cracking jokes and using your imagination, you're going to get shining eyes and your family's going to come alive. And and so it's just trying to make these principles achievable not difficult not convoluted i don't want the dad to have to pull out a manual every time he thinks about how he's going to address the children i want to i want to kind of draw out whatever that gut is instinct is on the inside of him to be like all right i know who i am i'm going to do my best in this situation yeah that's so good and i'm grateful i'm grateful that you um
0: that you did this work because i think it's going to bless so many parents and um you know, i'd love to see one of these in every home in new zealand you know um <laughs> i made a joke when my when my son was um this was our first when he was six months old you know how they always say uh how a baby doesn't come with the manual <laughs> yeah. but the one day i was like i was just really struggling <laughs> and i was talking to him but I, I mean i had my i had actually my mom around and my wife was there and it's like jonah where's your manual <laughs> It's like there's no manual. There is no um, manual. But actually, here, here is a manual. Here's a great manual. Like if there's there's one resource that I think, you know, um a dad can have that 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 would make a like a deep and a wide impact, uh, hands down, this would be it. So you've done a great job, Ferg. And um, yeah, I believe it's gonna reach and touch so many dads. As as we wrap up um yeah just a few a few fun questions um yep. what's your favorite family thing to do on a weekend
1: rumble okay i honestly do get down on the carpet you're tickling the kids they're all piling on you it's hard to beat i mean there are so many great things you can do out in the world around new zealand but i just honestly i can't i can't beat that that's probably one of my favorite things yeah, and I can imagine what a rumble looks like uh, in your household with five of them. They're getting big, mate. They're getting big, and the the number five he leads with the knees. <laughs> Come on, he he just comes in. He's the first kid who went for my head. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, that's not what a r- cuddle rumble. Uh, is.
0: Cuddle rumble. No, yeah, Jonah, Jonah. We watched Incredibles for the second time this weekend, and. Jonah's decided that, okay, now when dad and and him wrestles, uh, it's punch time. So he's just, he's literally (laughs) throwing the punches. I'm like, Hey, Jonah, no, that's not, that's not what we're, what we're aiming for. here. But yeah, mate. So relate with that. That's that's heaps of fun. Um, Mm. And here's the thing, you know, we can get so caught up in our uh, responsibilities as dads. And that's a good thing. We want to be there. We want to do what we need to do for our kids. Uh, And, you know, at work, um, but tell me just you know one thing that sort of keeps you centered and um, specifically around you wrote about it, about the what was it, married life aspect.
1: One yeah. thing that keeps me centered with my married life. I think that it's to stop and to look at her and to look at her, and to look at her and to look at her. Look at her. You just look longer. And when you do, You remember you remember the woman that you married you remember the woman that you're growing up with because you are growing up together and you think about what you appreciate about her and i think it's important just to just to stop and look at her and and view her as as the love of your life whether you feel like that or not she is you know it's a decision this woman is the love of my life and you stop and you look at her and hopefully she'll feel feel get the feel that someone's looking at her that's not just one of the kids talking at her and she'll stop and you'll look at you and you have a moment. And even if you don't, I think remembering her as your wife and your love of your life before the children came along, because there was a moment before the children came along, even though it's distant, I think that keeps your relationship in perspective.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And again, easy easy to do it's not easy yeah it's not a hard thing it's something we can do um i'm reminded of a i'm reminded of a guest we had on uh brad Carr. uh he said you know i never made my vows to my children <laughs> i actually <laughs> made my vows to my wife yeah. and you know especially in these early years it's like we can easily neglect um our spouses you know our spouse you know because the the you know the parenting aspect becomes so busy
1: well you know and just just one thing on that when you get into the parenting years and you're going through pregnancy and then you're going through newborn and then you're going through it again and again you just get into this kind of you're in the trenches mindset and we're starting to come out of that because our youngest is four and i would just say to the parents out there that feel like they are in that and that they are just you know some people would say flatmates that just keep loving that person on the way through because it is a season and and you can make that season greater. And that long lingering look can be great even in the middle of it where you go, wow, this is, this is, these are moments and these are the seasons that we're in. But you do, you know, come in and go out of seasons and the love that you develop and from sticking together and loving each other through, it does grow and become greater and stronger, but you can lose sight of that when it feels like you're in the middle of a trench warfare scenario that's amazing
0: so good and like um someone else said it you know just keep the pilot light burning <laughs> yeah. if that's all you do in this season you know because it does get better <laughs> that's,
1: a sad, that's a sad little image <laughs> just, just yeah. keep the pilot light burning just don't let that light
0: go out it's but sick, um man. yeah yeah that's 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 good no thanks thanks for very encouraging um how do we how do how do listeners uh, reach you i know they can hop onto our website um get the book yeah um i'm i've heard you working on an audio version as well is that in the pipeline
1: yeah that's that's almost ready uh, i think it got uploaded today so uh it's not available yet but it's it's going to be available very soon and i'm super excited about that because hearing voice is great and you know dads can listen in their cars and on the way to work and that type of thing uh, how do people reach me? I don't really want to say my website because it's for sale on your website. And uh, I'm really happy for people to bite to buy, to buy off of you. I'm very slack on social media. <laughs> but I don't really like social media that much. So, it's, um, so yeah, they just reach out to Vayner and uh, he'll, he'll he'll help you. He'll help you. <laughs> just reach out to Vayner. Don't call
0: for <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give you Ferg's um, mobile number. <laughs> sure. So no, that's good. Hey, uh, you've done great work, and um, I'm sure that the the work is going to serve so many others. Um, so keep up the great job. You know, father of five. Um, wonder if there's a, a six on the way there. I, I don't know. Who knows? But um,
1: I know there uh, isn't.
0: <laughs> you know there isn't. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but, uh, mate, like I don't know how you do it, how you've done it. Um, but great job and, um, I hope, and I know it's going to bless so many other people. Yeah. Thank you so much Baina.
2: We're all familiar with mentoring. It's all about sharing knowledge, skills, and personal experiences to guide another person towards reaching their full potential. It's about investing your time and talents to make a positive difference in the life of another in a nutshell, it's discipleship at its best. Marriage mentoring is exactly the same, except you're doing it as a couple and you're doing it with a couple. At Family Life, we run an outstanding program to train you to be exceptional marriage mentors. We equip you in the art of asking skillful questions, which then help younger couples grow together and do marriage well. Become a marriage champion for others and register today for our online training at familylife.nz.
0: Thanks for listening. I'm Vayna Jacobs from the Family Life New Zealand team, and this has been another oneness resource to help you grow together in your marriage. Check us out online at familylife.nz for more information on events, training, and other amazing resources. Let's fight the drift move towards each other in oneness, and impact our corner of the world together. See you next time.